Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade, helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Righto, so we are joined by Mr. David Jennings from Systemology, which is not a medical procedure. David, welcome to the podcast. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Excited to share with all the tradies listening. And <laughs> I think everyone just heard us talk about systems, and I think a few people just probably groaned, <laughs> uh, maybe thought, oh, man, it's time to get another coffee uh, <laughs> or something stronger. But um, we are talking systems, mate. I guess it's an area that I think a lot of people know they need systems. Uh, there yep. seems to be this recognition or perhaps um, – uh, not recognition, but almost a bit of a delusion that systems are the holy grail of business. And if you just have systems, everything's fine. Um, but I think a lot of people don't know what they are or how to put them in place. So um, how on earth did you build a whole business around business systems? Yeah, I think I have been a business owner my whole life, been involved in a lot of different businesses. And I've started to see the difference between a business that has systems and then a business that doesn't have systems. And they operate almost like night and day difference, not only for the business owner, but then also for the team as well. So the last business that I owned, the one I owned for the longest, I owned that business for 13 years. 10 of those years, I heavily worked in the business. And when I found out we were pregnant with my wife and I, I thought, oh, I don't want to be that dad who's always too busy. It was a digital agency. I was working evenings, mornings, weekends, doing this 70-hour weeks. And I thought, no. And like you said, intuitively, I kind of knew systems was part of the answer. Like Mm -hmm. I've read a bunch of books and talked to a lot of business owners. And I I knew it was part of the the process for really stepping out of the day-to-day operations. But for whatever reason, I just thought I'm not a systems guy. Like (laughs) I tried my, um, you know, I, I didn't enjoy writing systems and processes and documenting uh, because it was a digital agency. I thought, even if I get systems and processes, my team aren't going to follow them anyway. So what's the point of putting the systems and processes in place? And I thought I was going to need hundreds of systems. Um, so I had a lot of this uh, baggage around why systems wasn't going to work for me. And it wasn't until um, I hired an operations manager, she came in and completely turned uh, the business on its head and and what I thought business systems were. And I took some time off and that business, um, she got it really fine-tuned. She ran that business for three years, never thought about selling it because I thought it's a bit of a cash cow for me now. I'd meet with her once a quarter, uh, sorry, once a month, and I'd get um, quarterly profit distributions and um, then she got the news. Um, she she was from the States and um, she had to fly back to the States for some family matters. And then uh, when she came back, she had to resign. She said, I've got to move back to the States. And I was like, oh, I felt like a punch in the gut. So I, she was the linchpin in this business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'd systemized it to the point, though, that uh, it wasn't heavily dependent on a particular person. So I ended up selling that business And it was in that transition where I thought, well, what do I really want to do? 
Um, what is it that I've sort of learned in all of these previous businesses that I can roll into this next one? And I thought, hey, the systems and the processes, everybody's rubbish at it. I've read a lot of books about it and I still feel like, okay, we all agree they're important, but where do I get started? What's what's the first step? What systems do I need? And, and that was the, the problem that I went to work on. And that's kind of evolved and bubbled into systemology. Nice. It's interesting. I think you referenced earlier, Warwick, that many tradies will be zoning out, but they don't realise what systems bring to the table for them and their business in terms of you can't really go away, have time off, stop thinking about work, stop worrying about what's going on at home if you don't have the systems in place to cover you while you're away. I'm. We work on systems a lot. We talk of, about systems a lot. It is actually that one thing that our tradies often ask for when we're meeting with them in, in the beginning. That they've recognised that there's an issue with not having systems and yet they can be so basic and very easy to implement where, David, do you think our tradies should start in terms of systems or even understanding how systems can support them in what they're doing? One of the first things to realise is oftentimes what you have in your head as what a business systems is, there's a lot of misconceptions on that. Like when I talk to someone and they're thinking for the first time, oh, what, what is a system? And we're like, okay, well, what's the first business that comes to mind when you think of a well-systemized business? And everybody goes, McDonald's or some fast food chain that pops into their mind. And then they think, oh, wow, I need systems for every aspect of the business down to how they take out the rubbish to how I, you know, check in at the start of the day. Like they've got absolutely systems for every facet of the business so that they can have these, you know, 15 year old kids come in and start with nothing and learn how to flip a burger and get it consistently done. But because of that, all of this programming of what a system is, then creates this hurdle in people's heads. And they think effectively what they're doing is they're looking at a business that has been systemizing for the past 60 years and they're looking at the end result of where McDonald's is today and they think that's where I start. When what they should do is go out and hire the founder, the movie, uh, where it tells the McDonald's story with Ray Kroc and you see at the start of the movie, the first thing that they do, they go out onto this basketball court they get out a piece of chalk and they map out a store and they say oh we'll put the fryer here let's have the drive-through window here let's have the registers here and that's what a system starts as that's oh no no let's let's move the drinks machine next to the drive-through window like it's that rawness and sometimes just capturing what you're currently doing best practice and getting everybody to operate at that level that's the best place to start. Don't make it optimised and don't think that you're going to be McDonald's because that takes 60 years. Start where you are. I love that. I love that. Capture where you are now. We talk about that a lot with uh, the work we do with our tradepreneurs on sales process, which is a system, right? Yes. Uh, But putting a sales process in place is such a game changer for so many trade businesses. And the first step Uh, and I think it flips people's lids to think that this is where you start is by just document what you do now. And that's not what we're going to do. It's like, no, no, but you can't decide what you're going to do if you don't know what you're currently doing. So I love that, Dave. That's awesome. And it really is uh, thinking about your team. We identify the 
10 to 15 mission critical systems, which I'll give you a little exercise that you can do to do that. Uh, and then figuring out who on the team knows how to do that best. It's not always the business owner. In fact, it's best if it's not the business owner. Record what they're doing. And that might just be with a um, iPhone. It could be on the computer with a Zoom if, if, if it's a task that's done on your computer. Um, just very simply record it getting done and that becomes version one. Then you get someone to watch it. They pull out all of the bullet points. Now we've got something where we can start. So I suppose in answer to the, the question, well, where do you start? The first step in systemology is the define step. And we need to identify the 10 to 15 systems that you want to capture first. Now, when you think about a business, what, what is a business? A business is um, about delivering a product or service consistently and, and basically giving the, the client some value that we get paid for. So to do that, we go, well, how do we break down the essence of that? And this is the whole 80-20. What are the 20% of the systems that deliver the bulk of the result for the business? Uh, And uh, everybody can do this exercise. If you're listening to me, see if you can find a bit of paper that you can scribble along and follow along. In the top left-hand corner of this paper, write down who is your target client. That's who is the person pays your advertised prices, is a pleasure to deal with, refers friends and family, you get more work out of them, write that person down. Think about then what is the uh, primary product or service that is a great gateway for them uh, to to learn about everything that you do. Where's the first thing you often start? Maybe it's Maybe you're an electrician, maybe you're a plumber, maybe it's home renovations. Like figure out what is that first thing. Now, I know there's a bunch of things you can do, but just figure let's what is the first great step? Uh, maybe it's fixing your roofs or I, I don't know. Um, I'll, I better stop there because I'll show my ignorance <laughs> with the trades. Um, but then we basically what we want to do is we map the uh, the customer and the business journey to deliver that core product or service. So we start off thinking, how do you get their attention? That's where it starts. Now, these are just boxes at the top of the page. They're not more than two or three words in these boxes. And uh, you only write what you're currently doing, not what you would like to be doing. So you might go, well, I get attention by referrals or I get attention by social media, or maybe I'm running AdWords or whatever it is, just list down what you're doing. Then we move down the page. How do we, uh, how do you handle your incoming inquiries? You might go, well, I get some phone calls. I get some emails. I get some um, fill outs on the, the website. They fill out a form. So handling the inquiry, the next level down, you just keep moving down the page. Each one of these ideas is one box with two or three words in it. Next one down, once you've got an inquiry, how do you qualify them? Maybe you hop on the phone, you have a couple of, couple of calls, maybe you know, there's an initial qualification. And then how do you sell them? Well, maybe you go out on site. And then when you meet with them on site, what is it that you're saying? And then what happens after that? Maybe you prepare a proposal. And then after the proposal, what happens if they pay? You know, Do you take 50% up front and 50% on completion or do they pay all on completion? Uh, then we keep moving down. How do we onboard the client? So how do we set the right expectations and put out, you know, like a, a questionnaire, those sorts of things. Keep moving down the journey here. The next one down is um, operations, which is then how do you deliver the core product or service? This is the one 
oftentimes that people go is most complex. So to start, when we, we're not even getting to the documentation part just yet, but when we do, we keep it very high level for that one. We don't know, need to go into micro detail just yet. And then finally, how do we finish the job, hand over, and then you know, get them to come back or upsell them or get referrals or whatever. But that critical client flow, capturing what you're currently doing and starting there, if you can systemize that, you're effectively systemizing the way that business makes money. And if we can get that to a point where it works without key person dependency, we then create something that's scalable. Mm -hmm. And that's really when we start to get the game change for, for a lot of tradies. And they, they just need to recognize that um, they, they might also have some pain inside that critical client flow as well. So you might go, oh, leads aren't my problem. You know, I get more business than I can handle. It maybe selling's your problem or maybe... Um, delivering the work is your problem because, you know, you haven't got enough subbies who can step in and means that you're limited with how many gigs you can take. Figure out where your pain is. And sometimes you can even narrow in even more inside the critical client flow into the pain point and start there. But um, as a general rule, that exercise, and there's a template. I mean, it's in the book or you don't even need to get the book. Um, I explained it there. Go to systemology.com forward slash academy and there's a free template. It's literally just an A4 thing and you fill in the boxes. That is version one. That's kind of answers the question, what are the um, the most critical systems? And I see you both laughing, which means well, this <laughs> really well with the way that you do things. I'm picturing some of our listeners reaching for a stiff drink right about now <laughs> because they're like, what? That's version one? I thought it would be done after all that noodle making. <laughs> um, uh, and I know that uh, they can't see the visuals, otherwise I'd show you what one of these looks like. But th that is a 10 or 15-minute exercise to, to fill it out on an A4 bit of paper. It explains what your business does uh, in just on one sheet of paper. Uh, and really, that's a big bulk of the part that the business owner needs to do. Step number two is about then identifying who on the team already knows how to do it because we do need to start to delegate this. We do need to get it over the business owner's plate. And the good news is, yes, that's probably a good bulk of what you need to do as the business owner. But then beyond that, who's handling your inquiries now? I don't know. Who's, who's issuing out your invoice? Maybe your wife runs the books and she issues out the invoice and, okay, well, you chat with her and she does the invoicing. You say, I've identified this as a system. I want to get that recorded. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's who's handling the incoming inquiries. Maybe, again, maybe it's another team member. Or even if it's you, just capture yourself doing it and doing it in the moment. Now, the, the whole key with systems is to recognize that just because you might not see yourself as a systemized person, doesn't mean you can't own a systemized business. It's very common for the business owner to be, you know, the big picture thinker, the one who goes out, starts the business, gets it off the ground. They're the hustler. They do whatever needs to be done to get the business moving. And oftentimes it takes a completely different part of the brain to think about documenting and systems and, and that's normal. I don't, I mean, I've written the book on it. I don't even like writing systems and processes. <laughs> I'm, that's not me. Like I'm, I'm, I've realized that. And I realized that was the biggest hurdle on why 
I struggled to systemize that digital agency for 10 years. It took me 10 years before I got to the turning point where I said, no, this has got to change. And then I tested all of my assumptions. Systems aren't like what McDonald's has right now. Mm. I don't need to be the one that creates it. The systems, they can be very basic to start with. And I, I tested all of these things and then I went, oh, wow, m- maybe what I thought about systems was wrong. Mm. I think I'm just going to play this on repeat for all of our clients. <laughs> I don't know how many times I say everything you've just said. It's so refreshing to get it from somebody else. And I think the most important thing for traders to understand is they already have a system. They're already yeah. doing everything in their business in a repeatable way. Now we just need to capture it and then see how we can systemize the system so that it becomes not dependent on them. Mm. And yeah. that's a big flip the lid moment, I think, for many tradies is understanding they don't need to be part of that system. They can create it, step away, train someone, let them take it over. It doesn't need to be them. 100%. And as you're getting started, I often say to people as well, I mean, the whole magic um, part of systemology is that whole 80-20 rule, which is we only need to find the 20% of the systems that deliver the 80% of the result. You don't need to systemize everything. Because your business is already functioning. Things are going to happen just because you don't write a system for it doesn't mean it's going to magically stop happening. So so what we're really looking at doing is chiseling away at the guts of it. And then you start to learn, hey, if we have good systems and we have great people, then the great, even if you've got average systems or below average systems, great people can still turn that into a great outcome. So it's what you're doing is you're giving them the right team members as they start to join your team enough of a, hey, this is the way that we do things here. We have a way of doing things that everybody follows that makes everybody's job easier. And if, you know, a new subby or a a new admin person or a new person to your team um, experiences that from day one, there's no resistance because this is the way what they've always experienced. Oh, every time I, I work with Warwick, th- this is what happens. And it's it's usually the biggest resistance comes from the existing team. But but we're also in a very fortunate situation with COVID that everybody is so accepting of change right now because they've got change at home. They've got change at community. They've got change at work. Because of so much change, now there's never been a better like time in history for a tradie to go, I want to systemize business and we're going to change the way that we do things because everybody's accepting of change. So if, if this connects with you now, there's never been a better time. Make that start. I feel like some of what you just said also points to an opportunity to um, improve team as well. Um, you know, one of the big pain points or complaints from trade business owners or from every business owner, to be honest, that's employing staff is people. And it's a bit of a mystery for a lot of people how to work with people, which is fascinating. But anyway, uh, <laughs> one of the things that I see um, can take, you know, reasonable teams of people and make them dysfunctional and dissatisfied is a business without systems because they're left wondering what the heck am I supposed to be doing? They're getting roasted because they're not doing it the way they're supposed to do it in inverted commas. Nobody saw the, the, the uh, inverted commas <laughs> that I just did. Um, 
And then business owners are mystified as to, well, why is the team dysfunctional? Why is morale low? Why do we have a crappy culture when everything exists in their head and the rest of the people around them are just kind of left to do things the way they think it should be done rather than the way you listening to this, listeners, want it to be done. So I think that's a great way to improve people. There's two parts to that too. Um, There's the step even like the how are you finding these people? Like what does your recruitment system System. look like? (laughs) You you might have rubbish staff because you're just accepting anybody who walks in off the street that says, I want a job. But how about if you had some basic things where you ask them a series of questions, you gave them a couple of little simple trial tasks just to see if they could do the basics? Because if they can't do the basics, they're not going to be able to do the complex stuff. So if you had very simple recruitment system where, you know, maybe you get a couple of people that come out on a job and that's part of the, you know, as you're getting down to the pointy end of the recruitment system and you've got three people that come out on board and you watch what they do and how they present. Do they rock up on time? Like some of this stuff is really basic and most of the time a team member will flash this stuff early So as long as you're looking for it, you can actually dodge the, you know how there are some people who just a dark cloud follows them, (laughs) no matter where they go, they're always late. There's always something wrong with the family. Someone's nicked something out of my ute. My tire's flat. Oh, sorry. The shop was closed. Like all of that (laughs) stuff. Oftentimes there are the warning signals early on if you look for them. Yeah. No, it's, it's such a. Uh, I, I guess it's an underutilized area, and I think um, you pointed to it earlier, David, when you talked about some of the the misconceptions about systems. And it's that idea that I think carries across a lot of areas of business. You know, when we start talking to our tradepreneur clients, um, and we talk about change in their business, whether that's changing their marketing or their their sales or their their delivery or operations or whatever it is. People seem to automatically go to the Macca's example that you used. It's like, okay, well, let's build a, a motor car. And they think, all right, well, I have to make a Tesla first go. Yes. And it just, it cripples people. It paralyzes them. And therefore, they don't do anything about it. Are there other misconceptions perhaps about systems uh, that you've come across that actually keep people stuck and stop them from making change? hundred percent. And there's a few real common ones. Um, some we've touched on. I mean, the idea that the business owner needs to create the systems is yeah. a big one. Another one that you're going to need hundreds of systems when you don't, very few. Um, oftentimes there's a misconception that you're going to need some sort of complex solutions when oftentimes simple is usually the best solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes people will think that even if I create systems that uh, my team won't follow them. because they think that maybe they wouldn't follow them when when that's a misconception. Great team members love systems because it shows them how to do really well at their job. Exactly what you were talking about earlier. It sets the expectations on how they can be a star. There's there's other... It gives people certainty about I'm not going to get cooked on this because I followed the damn system that was already there. Yes, yep. Um, And then another one I see oftentimes people are worried that... um, systems will turn their team into robots and they worry that it's going to remove creativity and the fun in the business. Uh, And again, 
another big misconception. Uh, I remember doing some work. Uh, I had a, a business that I was involved in was a video production company. And I remember I, I, I'm not a camera operator, and so I couldn't really shoot or anything like that. Um, but it meant I was able to look at the business with a slightly different perspective. I remember the first shoot I went on with the videographer, we spent the entire time on the drive to the job, him saying, oh, did I pack that second battery? Oh, did we send the email to the client to remind them not to wear checkered shirts? Because that always looks like rubbish on the film. Oh, did I get the second lens? Oh, I I hope I've got that second camera. Like we spent the whole time just talking about that stuff. Uh, And then I recognized that early that he needed some sort of checklist on on what to pack the night before. Um, And we we got that into play. Six months later, I went on another job with the same videographer. And the, the discussion we had in the car was worlds apart. The second discussion in the, you know, six months later, I remember we talked about, he was saying, oh, what's the shot list going to be like? Oh, what's the story that I want to weave into this video? How am I going to frame things correctly? Um, What would be the best way to draw that out of the client? And, And it was all about creating more space for him to do all of the creative work, which was his best work. As opposed to spending all of his time and energy thinking, oh, did I bring the right tools? You know, and it translates perfectly to tradies. You know, it's uh, that idea of you will do your best work, be most creative if you know you've got all of that other stuff sorted. Like if, if you don't have to worry that, oh, did I invoice the client for that installment? Because, you know, I'm just about to go down to Bunnings and order all of this stuff that I need and I've got to make sure that I'm paid, but I can't remember if they paid or or do I have to worry about following up to make sure that that payment's been made? Like all of that, that's all admin stuff that the business owner and the tradie adds very little value to. That can be done by an administrative person if you have some basic systems in place. So that was... I mean, there's some of the misconceptions. There's a lot of others, but um, what I found is most of these misconceptions, when you actually retest them and you go, is this actually a, a real concern? Usually there's another way around it. Mm-hmm. Um, what, one other story that comes to mind is perfect for tradies. I, I did some work with a, a company that re- cleans roofing gutters um, and they do commercial and residential. and um, I came in to do some work with them to help them systemize. And one of the things they did, there's a guy, Kane, and he worked in their office. He's a young sort of give anything a go type guy. Um, and he was just curious. He was only getting started. He didn't really know how to do, you know, all facets of the business. He was working more in, in head office. And we said, okay, well, you kind of like systems. Let's kind of make him our systems champion. And I sent him out on the field with a GoPro with one of their top roofing guys, and he followed him for the day. He recorded him setting up the van. He recorded him preparing and doing all the safety checks before he went up on the roof. He recorded him talking to the client. He recorded him sending off all of the findings to get the reports done and how everything got communicated through to head office. And then they chopped up all of those little videos and they became version one of the system. Uh, And that, I mean, that, that would work incredibly well for any trades business. 
I want to take you back just a tiny little bit when you were talking about administration team and how, you know, the tradie is not best place to be a part of that process. A lot of the clients that we talk to are blown away when we talk about, okay, it's time to get some administration staff in place. It's time to get someone in the office helping you out within the business. And their go-to answer every single time is, yes, but I don't have any systems in place yet. And it blows their mind when I explain or Warwick explains, you don't actually have to be the person to put the systems in place. How about you let that person with the right kind of experience, with the right kind of knowledge, come in and have a crack at creating version one of the system. Once version one is done, it's not fixed. It doesn't need to stay there in that same place forever. We consult. We have a look at it. We test and measure. We make sure that it's working well. If it doesn't, we tweak. We get version two, five, 10, 15, whatever it takes to make it seamless. And I just, it, it just blows apart their mind to think that they don't have to do it and they don't have to wait until they've got something in place. Somebody else could actually come in and do that for them. Can you share your experience mm-hmm. with that? Obviously, that's a big part of what you do. Yes. So a couple of things there. Um, Oftentimes the business owner is the worst person and oftentimes your best team members, your best, you know, tradies and things like that, they're not the best people to be doing the systems and the processes. They're busy working with clients. They might not even like writing systems and processes. So putting that on their plate and saying, oh, now I want you to document the way that you do things you get resistance and it's very natural to have that conclusion, but to think that you need to be the one. One thing that we talk about um, is our systems for creating systems. You you want a a process. We share ours in the systemology book, but it's uh, how are these created? There's another secret to it as well. We call, uh, there are two people that should be involved. There's the knowledgeable worker, and then you'll have some sort of documenter or a systems champion. So the knowledgeable worker does the thing and it gets recorded. And then the documenter watches the video or whatever and pulls out the key steps. Uh, So I think with the the right sort of training and direction, you, you can get other team members to do this and the long-term effect of this, what we're actually looking at doing is we want to change the culture in your company because it's not a one-and-done scenario. This is not, hey, I created you know, an, an invoice uh, system or I created a system on how to answer the phone. You know, We, we systemize for six months and we're done. W- what we're actually doing is we're changing the thinking where the team always looks to the system first. They follow the system if there is one. If there's not one, they ask, hey, we should create a system for this. Or if they do follow it and there's a problem, then they look to tweak the system next time so the problem doesn't occur. That's part of the training. What most tradies do, they train their entire team to come to them whenever they've got a problem. (laughs) And everybody gets, you know, they're the king problem solvers or the queen problem solvers and now everybody gets really good at just going to the boss to ask for the question. And now the the boss obviously becomes the bottleneck. Mm. Whereas if we can retrain and change the culture where we first look to the system, you might be able to over time, you know, reduce your communication. You drop it down by 80% and you only start getting the really high quality problems. And then we start to build systems for the high quality problems. And then over time, you just find, you get less and less problems surfacing to you. And I, and I want to make the point there for our listeners that setting that system up, because that's another system where, hey, if you've got a problem, ring me. Mm-hmm. And I hear that from clients all the time. 
stated in a way that that's a good thing and and I think no that's keeping you stuck where you are that is one of the biggest things that stops business owners being able to leave their business for a long weekend or for a week up the coast with the family and 100%. it's that dependency that they create between their team and themselves to answer all the questions which also trains people not to think for themselves mm. Because they, they have nowhere else to find the answer. Well, they could, but they've been trained not to look anywhere else for the answer other than to pick up the phone and ring the, the poor business owner who's getting peppered with 73 phone calls a day. A hundred percent. And then what makes it such a tough challenge for a lot of tradies to solve is because the way they've been able to build their business to this point, the reason the tradie is successful listening to this right now is because they did that. They solved everybody's problems. They over-delivered for the customer. They got an amazing experience. Then they got referrals. So in the business owner's head, they get to the point where they go, wow, I've had all of this success because I've done this. So then it solidifies every, it's like building a muscle. You're training the business owner and everybody else that this is the way that things are done. And there, there is a point though, and, and that's what I was talking about. I got trapped in my digital agency, I would probably say about seven years too long. If you've been in your business for more than three years and you're getting some good traction and you've got clients and you've got this good lead flow and you are still heavily involved in the, a lot of the day-to-day admin and all that sort of stuff, um, you will get stuck there forever. To break through, you need to realize that there has to be a point where you start to change some of those habits. And those habits served you to where you are today, but they will hold you back from moving through to that next bit. That's what makes it so challenging. And then compound that with the tradie is typically the technician. They go to trade school and they know how to do the thing, which means they're on the tools, which makes it even harder for them to break because they've started as the technician rather than looking at it as a business owner. And that's why for me, one of the huge insights I had was being involved in that video production business because I couldn't get on the tools, which meant from day one, I had to run the business as though I wasn't in the business. And then I took all the lessons from that, applied that into the digital agency, and that's what helped me to remove myself. Absolutely. It, it reminds me of a, a client we worked with a bunch of years ago um, and we actually helped him purchase a trade business and he had a bit of a loose trade background, um, but he wasn't a plumber and he bought a plumbing business and it meant that he couldn't actually go to site and do anything uh, to solve any of the problems in terms of the technician work. Uh, but he was a, he just had a business brain, you know, he'd worked in sales and marketing and, and sort of management. And so he had to develop more systems to solve those problems, training systems, uh, reporting systems, you know, staff systems, uh, even the finance side of things. And so he actually built a, a very successful business and he still has it and then purchased another business that he's not a tradesperson in and bolted that onto the first business doing all of the local council work and all sorts of stuff. And he's not a tradie and he never has been. And it's because he, as you, as you so wonderfully put David, um, he's a business owner and he thinks about things like a business owner, 
not like the technician, you know, not like a motor mechanic or a glazier or a landscaper where it's like, well, just give me the damn shovel and I'll go and fix it because that's our tendency. And I'll be honest, I do that even in our business here at Tradies in <laughs> Business. If there's a tech problem uh, and I'm not trained in tech, I've just learned a lot of stuff over the last 15, 20 years of building businesses and and learning technology I go and fix it. And that is dumb because, Mm. and Coxie's just grinning and nodding her head here. (laughs) But, you know, I'll spend 20 minutes reading help um, FAQ stuff to go solve a tech problem because we don't have a system to be able to delegate that to somebody else who's better placed to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's just my tendency. You know, I'm a guy, I come from a trade background. I do things with my hands. I'm like, just give me the thing. I'll fix it. And yes. It's not the right approach that keeps me stuck. Stop it. Um, <laughs> I've double recorded that. Just I know that's mind. a public admission and it's recorded and this is going to be on the internet forever. Uh, I'm going to play it kids, back to you every If week. my kids ever listen to this, I'm sorry. That's right. <laughs> Business owners anonymous. Come here for a <laughs> um, and. You, I, I know another guy in the trade space who's done exactly what you've talked about. Now, this may or may not be the right fit for someone listening to this right now, but just as a mind-bending experiment and thought process, I know this guy who has uh, bought and sold plumbing businesses. He's sold 14 of them. What he's done is he's developed his own best practice for the way that a plumbing business needs to be run. He buys an underperforming plumbing business. Mm -hmm. He rolls in, installs all of the systems, hockey sticks the the sales and the marketing and the business performance, and then he sells it. And he has done that now 14 times and he's up to his most recent sale was an eight-figure sale. Every time he does it, He's selling the business for more and more. And yeah. each new business he goes to and starts, he's taking the same base yeah. set of systems and processes and he just installs it. And that's part of the value of what he sells, mm-hmm. which is he's selling a business that is fully functioning. And he's got a handful of team members that come with him to each business and he deploys them in. They do their little department and their bit, get it up to a certain level, and then they sell it. Um, it's like the, the money is in the systems. Yes. And, and oh, it's just so much good stuff here, David. Uh, <laughs> it's a shame we have to stop this conversation at some point. But um, that hockey stick growth you talked about, uh, you know, this guy's using that as part of his sort of buy, renovate, and sell strategy when it comes to businesses. Uh, for our listeners, that hockey stick or that uptick in, profit and cash flow and everything adds value, capital value to the business. That's creating an asset, right? Investing is about buying assets and selling assets for more than what you paid for them over a period of time. And so not that if you're listening to this, you need to sell your business to get, you know, to tap into that increased value. I think you mentioned it earlier, David, that your business that you systemized became a cash cow. It It's this mythical passive income that people talk about. Now, I don't believe there's any such thing. We all always have to work in some level, but it's the sort of work that we do that changes. And, you know, we become business owners and entrepreneurs, and that's why we, we you know, mash the two together and call our program the Tradiepreneur Program um, because they're creating a business asset rather than just working more hours and trying to jack up their charge-out rate to 150 bucks an hour to somehow increase their income. 
actually leveraging their own time and expertise through the systems that you talk about. So that and- hockey stick can stay in their pocket as cash flow every year. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I think what systemization does is it really just gives options because you just imagine if you have this trades business that's built on you, what happens if you get really unwell or sick or your family member does and you have to down tools for three months? Mm. Like at least having systems and processes, you might have never even thought of selling your business or, you know, needing to take the time off because you are the rainmaker. But what happens if something happens to the rainmaker or one of your key team members? I was never going to sell the digital agency until my operations person, she stepped out and I thought, even even if we keep the business and I have to re-recruit, I'm going to get pulled back into that business because I'm going to have to train that person up. So I had an option that I didn't previously have. I could have closed that business and, you know, that that I would have walked away with nothing or because it was systemized, the guy who bought it said he bought it for two reasons. One, financial performance and two, all of the systems and processes. And he said, the business has been running for three years without you doing the work. I see value in that. And yep. um, so it's, yeah, you, you may or may not sell. You don't even know what's around the corner but at least give yourself the option because you you might not get the option. And the only time to prepare for this is now. It's, it's like insurance. Most people only think about insurance after something goes wrong on the site, after their car is broken into and stolen. It doesn't help you at that point. You, you've got to get your insurance a bit earlier. It would be remiss of me not to say, um, working with so many tradie wives, how important their role can be in systemizing the business so that their tradie doesn't actually have to work in the business. From my own experience, my husband had a couple of breakdowns and he had to pull out of our construction company for almost three months. And in that time, I was able to jump in, create some systems and run the business successfully. Our tradie-wise, we've got quite a few at the moment who are working towards doing something very similar to future-proof those businesses. And I think it, it would just be wrong if I didn't bring that up at this point. We, the trade business owners that are working with their life partners have an amazing ability at this point for the two of them to work together to get these systems in place. It's not hard. It starts just like you said with making a list of what the current flow is starting from there. There are easy systems to pull out. This is so much simpler, I think, than than tradies yet understand. Mm. And the like the systemology book really has been written for the tradie owner to get it and fall in love with systems and not fall in love with the making of the systems, but fall in love with the result that the systems bring. Once the tradie falls in love with that, then they need that tradie wife, that operations person that then becomes the champion to drive it forward. Because usually what happens, it's the tradie wife who goes, yes, we should be doing this. We've got to get more organized. And it goes in one ear with the tradie and then out the other. But, but if the tradie realises, yes, this is important and we're going to create space for it and I'm going to support you to do it, and then you've got someone to really drive it forward, that's the magical combination. Now, a lot of business owners never find their operations person. Mm-hmm. Tradies and trades-based businesses are one of those unique businesses, and I see it all the time, where that partnership is often there and baked in from day one. Because it's that, you know, the the tradie wife is handling the incoming lead, they're issuing out the invoice, they're doing some of the admin, and it's it 
the combination is there. When when it's sometimes it's just the trading on its own, it's actually even more challenging. And I see that in a lot of other industries. But the tradey space, if you've got that person, you are well and truly on your way. Get get yourself a self-promotion here. Get yourself a copy of the Systemology book <laughs> over on Amazon. Um, both read that and it it, it will just, it, it ignites the fire for the tradie and then it'll give a framework that the tradie wife can follow. And, and it also fits with what you guys do over at Tradies in Business as well. Like this is just one piece of the puzzle. There's a lot more to making this work, but systems is a, is a very poorly addressed area um, just in business in general. Yeah. it's And look, we we do have – I'll take an opportunity for a plug as well for our own show, but <laughs> we have a bunch of um, pre-done systems that our tradiepreneurs can tap into uh, as part of the program where they're, they're basic, um, you know, from sales processes to collecting money, uh, whatever it is. You know, Nick and I have, have collected and – created a whole bunch of simple systems that people can use as a starting point for that version one without even having to capture their own and make it up. Um, so we've, we've made it as easy as we think we can for, for yeah. entrepreneur members. But um, I guess it's great that you mentioned the book, David, um, you know, in terms of, uh, I guess, putting a bow on this and uh, sharpening the pencil, getting to the pointy end of things. You've written a book. Uh, yes. I, I was curious though, what, what sparked you to write the book, you know, to, go from doing this in your own business and everything, fantastic, yeah. but then to actually write a book about this, um, what was the catalyst behind that? Uh, it was kind of like a bit of a staged process. I exited from the digital agency or, or Melissa was running it. I took some time off to kind of, you know, resharpen the tools and figure out what did I actually want to do. And then I had a few colleagues sort of start pushing around the edges, asking what I'd done to step myself out. And then I started this small little coaching group and then that turned into a workshop and then that workshop I got transcribed and then that went to a ghostwriter and then that became version one of the book. So it kind of, I, I kind of just fell into it and a big part of it was going, I feel like this is one of the least well-addressed areas in business. It's this step is very poorly explained. And I felt for me personally, I'd read the e-myth and built to sell and worked the system and traction and scaling up. And I read all the books, but I I felt like I I didn't know where to start. So systemology, it's a seven-step process for systemizing your business. It's it's not about like uh, process optimization. It's about capturing what you're currently doing, making that level one, mm-hmm. getting the team to buy in, making sure that we identify which team members are going to drive it. So it's almost like the the how-to guide for the e-myth. If you've read the e-myth, Michael Gerber sells the idea of business systems, but then you're left with, okay, but where do I start? What do I do now? (laughs) Well, the first steps are you do the critical client flow and you identify the 10 to 15 systems. Step number two, you identify where that knowledge resides. Step number three, we extract it out of their brain and we use the two people we talked about, knowledgeable workers and the systems documenter. Step number um, uh, four is we organize that knowledge into a central location that everybody can tap into. Uh, Step number five is we get the team to buy 
buy in on it and get everybody to follow it. Step number six, we then start to identify what are the systems outside of the critical client flow that are required to scale the business. So thinking about the other departments, HR and some finance and management, those sorts of things. And then finally, step number seven is optimize. And that's then how do we, you know, put a dashboard in place? How do we have metrics that we can listen to the business? And then how do we use that as a way to guide what systems we're creating? So it's that seven-step process. And I know some people don't like to read. So I did the audio book version as well. Um, I, I was quite fortunate. I mentioned Michael Gerber. Michael Gerber actually wrote the forward to the book. He um, supports systemology and he even reads the forward himself and his wife makes a cameo in it as well. So if you're an audio person, head over to, to Audible as well. It's over there. Nice. Well, mate, that is a fantastic way <laughs> to round out our chat. Um, there, there is uh, This thing is bursting at the seams, this episode, <laughs> with good stuff. Um, and if you're listening to this and it still is uh, boggling your brain as to how to get started, um, definitely go and check out. Uh, I think you said you've got a free um, worksheet or something on your website. Yeah. David, is that right? Uh, if you go uh, systemology.com forward slash resources, that's probably the easiest one to remember. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, there's a handful of worksheets um, that, that talk through some of the exercises that we talked about. You don't even need to buy the book to do that. You can just download the, the exercises. Perfect for a tight ass trade. (laughs) (laughs) Well, David, thanks so much for your time today. Um, That has been fantastic. I'm not excited about systems. I hate creating them and I hate following them even more. So as a entrepreneur um, and I also recognize how critical they are to scaling a business. So um, it's one of those things that we just have to reluctantly accept and embrace and get on with. So listeners um, don't avoid it any longer. Uh, I'm sure you found some inspiration in today's episode. Um, Thanks David for your time. And uh, we look forward to speaking to you again. Pleasure. Thanks for having us guys. Thanks, David. You've been listening to the Tradies in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesinbusiness.com.au.